and welcome once again to another episode of the Horizon Roundtable. I am Bob McDonald, and you can find me on Twitter at Bob McDonald. And joining me, of course, is my co-host, Matt Dudek. Hey there, everybody. Matt, of course, you can find on Twitter at Horizon Matt. You can find us on Twitter, the podcast that is, at Horizon RT. Uh, you can find us on the web at HorizonRoundtable.com. I guess we're on Facebook at Horizon Roundtable. I don't know if anybody actually goes there, but hey, we're there. <laughs> we're there. And no one can... uses Facebook, but, but we're there. <laughs> I don't, but anyway. Um but and you of course you can subscribe wherever you, wherever podcasts are found. Um, by the way, if you're using, uh, by the way, I did find out if you're using Google Play Music for uh, for the pod, for your podcast, use Google Podcasts now because they're getting rid of Google Play Music. I'm gonna have a fun time transferring all my music. That's gonna be fun. So, um, but today, um, uh, we I know we've been talking about this for a while because I know we we've been talking about uh, we talking about getting this particular coach on for a while but but today it's happening um today we've got uh, youngstown state's coach uh, jared calhoun he is on he is on the podcast with us jared thank you very much for joining us well guys thanks for having me and thanks for uh, covering our league yeah no problem no problem so uh i just want to get uh want to get started um obviously with uh with the shutdown with the coronavirus uh it affected a Basically everybody, um, Youngstown State in particular, because Youngstown State was planning to uh, was actually planning to host a CIT game. Um, so you know, what were kind of the uh, what was kind of the reaction about you know everything kind of going down, then everything kind of shutting down? Yeah, you know, Bob, when we got the news, um, really it broke with the NBA uh, yeah. as soon as Rudy Gobert, you know, came down with the coronavirus. Uh, it kind of just had a trickle-down effect, obviously, to college basketball. And not only Youngstown, but so many uh, young athletes around the country were affected, coaching staffs, managers, fan bases. It was, it was devastating, uh, sure. to, to be honest with you. At first, it was very, very tough. Um, you know, we had a chance to host. We were going to host the first two rounds of the CIT. Okay. Uh, had a chance uh, to become the all all-time uh, winningest team in Division One history um, in a season. Uh, and yes. we were really, really – we were playing high-level basketball at home. Uh, we became very, very difficult to play inside the Big League Center and really because of our fan base. You know, our kids really fed off the fans. And, you know, we were really, really uh, devastated. But, you know, as time goes on, uh, you know, I think time uh, heals a lot of wounds and – Sure. You know, we we realized it was much bigger uh, than the game of basketball. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. As as we as we've all basically found out, I mean, it's it's been it's been very interesting last couple of months, I'm sure, for everybody. So in that time, um, obviously, your team has kind of probably been scattered about with, you know, with with campuses shut down. Um, how is that? How have you been kind of working with the team during this point during this kind of uh time of isolation you know i think it's another great question you know every coach does it a little bit different um but for the most part we're all kind of doing the same things uh one of the neat things during this quarantine that's been great for the horizon league is we've had a head coaches meeting every tuesday so all really? 11 head okay. coaches are collaborating with each other um you know talking about the league talking about different issues going uh, around the country. 
so that's been really neat uh, to build our relationship with the other coaches. I think we've got 10 fabulous coaches. I think, you know, the, the league is, is going to be really, really competitive the next uh, couple of years. You've got some big, big-time coaches in our league now. Uh, but from our team standpoint, we've been doing Zoom calls every week. Uh, what we've done the last couple of weeks, we bring on a special guest. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we had Norris Cole. Uh, Norris and I go way, way back. Uh, actually recruited him to Walsh University. My first full-time job had him committed to Walsh uh, before I left for West Virginia. Then he decided to go to Cleveland State. You know, mm-hmm. spent some time in the NBA, won two NBA champions. So he had a great message for our guys. We had Maverick Carter. Uh, one of my very, very close friends uh, runs a lot of the uh, projects for LeBron. So just trying to get different people on to, for different messages. And then we are allowed to give them a workout. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the guys are kind of on their own. It's really nice to have so many veteran guys coming back. And, and I know the way the season ended, it didn't sit well with our guys. So I'm sure, sure. they're motivated. I'm sure they're getting their workouts in because uh, we're really excited, you know, going into year four. Mm-hmm. Uh, with having four starters back, uh, we mm-hmm. feel like we got a real chance to continue to make the jump. Now, one of the uh, one, obviously one of the one of the key components to your your success last year uh, was Darius Quisenberry, and I know he did declare for the NBA draft. Is he still um, going through that process right now? Yeah, he is, Bob. He's, you know, he's doing all the interviews. Uh, he's had a few interviews with different NBA teams. I think it's a great thing that the NBA's allowed these guys to do. It's they've extended the date. Um, so he's going through that process right now. We're supporting that. Um, and it's been really good for not only him, but I think for our staff and, and of course his family. Okay. okay. Hey, coach with uh, that. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, Coach, with that, do you have any concerns, you know, as players are going through this? And I know this is kind of a new process, but like when you see Javon uh, Liberty Freeman, how he, you know, he entered and then he ended up leaving Valpo. Do you have concerns that NBA teams are going to, you know, suggest that maybe he needs a higher profile or anything like that? Or is that not really something you guys worry about? You know, Matt, what's happened throughout the years, more and more mid-major players are getting drafted. Um, And not only getting drafted, but sustaining, um, you know, a lot of success in the NBA. You know, from our area, look at C.J. McCollum, goes Mm -hmm. to Lehigh, puts them on the map. Um, Now he's a max player. You look at Damian Lillard from uh, Weber State, one of his teammates, the Norris Coles. I I think each kid's different. Um, You know, every scenario is different. Darius really was committed to turning Youngstown State uh, basketball uh, into something. And I think he wants to see that through. He he obviously loves the university, loves his teammates. Um, You know, he's a big part of what we do on a daily, you know, basis. Um, So, you know, I I think you just have to trust in your relationship with your guys. Um, But as you see every year, there's 800 to 1,000 transfers uh, I think the last three or four years, there's been at least three kids leave every Horizon League team. Yeah. Uh, so it's not a Horizon League problem. It's not a uh, program problem. It's just a, it's something that's now happened in our sport. And, uh, you know, I think each coach is handling a little bit different as far as the recruiting. Mm-hmm. So one of the other kind of core components of your team is is was one of your first signees. Um, and, and, I'm not a, and I'm not ashamed to, you know, Tout the fact he's from Lorraine, by the way. Um, you know who I'm talking about, obviously, Nas Bohannon. <laughs> um, 
And if I remember correctly, um, before he signed with Youngstown State, Nas Bohannon was actually fielding offers between both football and basketball because I know he was a hell of a he was a hell of a football player as well. Um, yeah. When he for what was kind of the I you know going going back a few years, what was kind of the impetus for him to you know get to lean towards basketball and kind of go into and decide to go go with uh, Youngstown State. Yeah, you know, Bob, time flies. It's hard to believe that he's already a senior um, and he's accomplished I so much. I, I think he was one of the guys this year that, you know, every year there's going to be a few kids that are left off of the All Horizon League team um, and, and your heart goes out to those guys because he had an unbelievable year. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he's his ability to rebound the ball. I've been, I've seen some great rebounders. Jason Max Seal is one of the best I ever seen at Cincinnati. He was about six five. Ended up playing in the NBA for a while. Kevin Jones, we had at West Virginia, was a twenty and ten guy. For Nas's size, he's probably the best rebounder that I've ever seen at his size. He's only about six four, six four and a half. But now what makes him so much better is his ability to score the basketball. Um, You know, he really made that jump from sophomore to junior year. And he's been our catalyst. He's another Mm -hmm. guy that, you know, believed in the vision um, that what we were trying to build. He takes a lot of pride in, you know, being Youngstown's team. We have a different uh, field than a lot of the Horizon League teams. You know, we're in a little smaller city. Uh, We're the only show in town, so our crowds have been great. Uh, yeah. He's been top three, top four in attendance. And, uh, you know, he wanted to go into engineering. Uh, we have mm-hmm. great engineering schools. So all the things kind of aligned uh, for Nas to come. Sure, sure. Um, and I know that, um, yeah, it, when I th- when I, when when you initially signed Nas, and I know you mentioned Norris Cole earlier, the, the, the player I thought of when, when you initially signed Nas Bohannon was another Cleveland State uh, alum, uh, Janathan Bullock. Um, yeah, very, uh, again, similar same, very similar game. And, and it's funny because the, the progression has been, especially from the, from the, from the strength standpoint to the scoring standpoint has been kind of similar. Um, and I also know that, uh, he's actually coming very close to a couple of, a uh, couple of milestones that he may very, uh, in next season, he may be the first uh, YSU Division One player to reach both a thousand points and a thousand rebounds in a career. Yeah, it's pretty remarkable uh, to be able to do that. Um, you know, I, I always went during the recruiting process, Bob. You, you know, you, you have to be a little bit selfish as a player. Okay. I think the best players are a little selfish. But what makes a great team is everybody understands what guys are trying to accomplish. And with Nas. A lot of guys don't take great pride in rebounding the ball, and he really does, um, not only sure. offensively but defensively. And what makes him really, really hard to guard and, and really helped us is he leads the break. He's almost a point forward, so he gets the rebound, and he's a transporter. He's, he's allowed to transport the ball. Uh, a lot of our offense runs through him at the high post. He can pass the ball. He can make a, make a mid-range shot, and he, he's really, really difficult to guard. And I think – over the years, you know, you've studied the league. I played in the league a long time ago. Uh, Love the league, and I think those type of guys have the best careers. Those six four, six five, six six guys that are versatile. You know, he's a very very versatile player. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hey, so, Coach, 
Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. Sorry. Barbecue stuff on your toes tonight. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, you kind of uh, you talked about how Youngstown's a little bit different than a lot of the other um, Horizon League teams. One thing that I I see from my side is you guys are the only ones that have to compete with football at your school. What's that kind of like? Like, what's that dynamic as being really one of the only football schools in the Horizon League too? Yeah, you know, we we don't really compete with them. We we compete with them. Um, so we have a great relationship. Really started with with Coach Polini and now Coach Phillips. Um, we really try to capitalize on football. So you come in for a football game. There's fifteen, twenty thousand people tailgating. Um, it's a huge recruiting advantage. You know, when I was at West Virginia, we did all of our recruiting around football weekend. So we do the same. Um, and we go to all their games. Uh, they got very, very involved this year. Um, the whole team came multiple times. So I think it's a big advantage uh, compared to some of the other schools because we have a great atmosphere. And I think that the recruits and their families can see the passion uh, when they walk into the football stadium or walk around the tailgates. Yeah. So you met, you mentioned um, kind of the uh, you kind of mentioned Beagley Center a little bit. And I know when you first started, I know your first the first uh, kind of the direction you went is to get more uh, start getting the community interested and coming to the games and, you know, really build that up. And as you mentioned, Beagley has become a very, very intimidating place to play. Um, and and with, not without any lack of excitement, I, I might add. Um, we've we've come around here to uh, dub it the House of Heart Attacks for how <laughs> yep, many times? Yep. For how many times there have been last minute shots or times games that have been in overtime? Um, uh, any chance? Uh, yeah, I, I it, it's and it kind of culminated in the in the upset of convincing upset of with didn't go into overtime against Wright State. Um, what do you see moving forward? How do you see that that home atmosphere really coming into play next season? Yeah, if you're going to build a program, Bob, and build it the right way, uh, it takes a little bit of time. Uh, so mm-hmm. we understood that when we got the job. Uh, there are no shortcuts to success. You've got to build it. And how do you build it? You know, I, I always studied uh, Coach Waters uh, at Cleveland State. I think he's one of the best mid-major coaches, one of the best in the horizon. Uh, and then we also obviously studied Butler uh, with Brad Stevens. And, and what you do is you've got to get out in the community. Um, so we've done a, a lot of different things in the community um, from our camps through United Way. Um, we now developed a reading program. Um, you know, right outside the city of Youngstown. Uh, you've got to do those things uh, because it's really a platform. We always talk about, you know, the ball is going to stop bouncing eventually. Um, you know, the wins and losses are going to come and go. But I think the best programs, the best coaches, the best players, they build something can last uh, for a very long time. And really started, you know, at Fairmont State when we took that program over. They had 50 season ticket holders. They're coming off an eight-win season. And then five years later, you're playing in the national championship. And that was exciting. But what was more exciting is to see the entire place sold out when you're hosting a regional um, and every game sold out for three straight days. Um, And that's really kind of what we tried to do at Youngstown. Uh, And I think going into next year, uh, now we have to be able to handle some expectations. You know, we're going to be. Um, you know, really, really uh, a team that uh, is going to build off of that success we had last year at home. 
Uh, I think we set the record for home wins in Division One, um, and it's really uh, just a combination of a lot of different things. And it's when you come out there, I think as a player, and you see a packed house, um, you just you don't want to disappoint people. Your game goes to another level. You've talked about a lot of those buzzer beaters. Um, but, you know, some of the best crowds we had was Wright State and Northern Kentucky when they came into our building last year. Uh-huh. Um, it was just an electric atmosphere, four or 5,000 people. Uh, you know, the fans were going crazy for 40 minutes. Uh, and we really fed off of that. Um, this is kind of a segue into a question we got from a fan, Nico Pappas at Papp underscore attack 95. Um, what are the overall expectations for year four for, for Youngstown State? Um, I know you talked a lot about the, the, about the home aspect, but, you know, in general, what, what, what are you expecting from this team? Yeah, I, I think the expectations are, are deservingly so. Should be a little higher. We, we've certainly earned that, um, you know, with our body of work last year. But as you go into each year, um, especially with the schedule um, at our level, scheduling can be very, very difficult. Sure. Um, so I, I kind of approach it as we got to get better each and every single day, um, and then the results will happen. I know that's a very vague answer. Um, you know, you probably wanted you know, me to say, hey, we're going to go to the NCAA tournament, we're going to win the regular season. We don't really talk about those things. We talk about let's try to get better each and every day. Sure. Last year, it really started with West Virginia. When West Virginia came in and, you know, in the final two, three minutes, uh, we were up. We were up at halftime. I think after that game, our kids believe that they can play with anybody in the country. Um, so in our non-conference, we try to schedule some games, some atmospheres, they're going to be very, very difficult, um, not only on the players, but the coaches. Uh, and I think that sets up for great Horizon League. But I will tell you this, I think our league is going to be the best it's been in my four years. Um, I think we've got a lot of really, really good coaches, really good programs. Most coaches are now in their third year, fourth year. Some are going into their second. Um, mm-hmm. I think you're going to see this league really take off. Sure. I think there's a lot of really good players coming back. Mm-hmm. You mentioned the- – I'm sorry. Go ahead. I just just a follow up. Um, just kind of, it's hard to tell because I know rosters really aren't set. But who do you expect to kind of come through? Do you expect Wright State to stay at the top right now with you guys? Like, what do you expect from the Horizon next year? Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I think I think you know, just looking at what everybody's got coming back, what what they did last year. You know, Wright State, Northern Kentucky, obviously, are the two programs in the league. Um, the last three, four, five years have been very, very good. Um, you know, they've got really good coaches. They've had great players. Um, the culture set, they've got the top facilities. Uh, you walk into those arenas, uh, they're very, very nice. They've got passionate fan bases. Um, you know, so those, those are definitely, I would say at the top. Um, but you've got, you know, we, none of us know what Fort Wayne's going to bring. You know, I coach Kaufman's a very good friend of mine. We scrimmaged them the last two years. Um, they're very, very well coached. They're good. They've had a lot of success. Um, you know, Detroit with, uh, with Antoine, very, very dangerous team coach Gates with what he's got coming back going into year two. Uh, he's building his culture. They're very, very good defensively coach Baldwin probably has got the best, one of the best guards coming back. Um, you know, him and DQ will be at the top of that list from the, from the guard standpoint. So I think each year brings different challenges, um, and, but we're really, really, you know, excited about our roster. You know, we've got four starters back. Um, we've added some really, really good pieces. 
Um, so we've got some guys that have been around this league for a long time, some guys that are really committed to taking the next step, um, and hopefully that'll start in August uh, we get these guys back to school. You mentioned West Virginia, um, obviously, as somebody who as as somebody who is kind of uh, been a part of that Bob Huggins coaching tree. Um, how important was? And we we've talked uh, we talked with with Luke Yaklich, uh a couple weeks ago about you know his work with John Beeline and kind of how it influenced the Beeline he was to him. Um, how important is that impact? How important has that influence with Bob Huggins been for you? As a coach. Yeah, we'd probably, Bob, we'd probably have to do a whole other podcast um, <laughs> to, to really to go into what an impact he's had. You know, it really started for me in college, you know, at Cleveland State. I played for a Hall of Fame coach, uh, Raleigh Massimino, um, just an unbelievable coach uh, from an X and O standpoint, a relationship guy, family guy, then was very fortunate to go to Walsh University. Uh, win a national championship there at the NAI level. Jeff Young, I think, is one of the most undervalued coaches in the entire state of Ohio. His body of work is unbelievable. Um, and then I get a chance to go work for another Hall of Fame coach and Coach Huggins. Um, it was tremendous. You know, I was there as an ops guy. I was there as an assistant. Uh, so I got to learn to do a lot. Um, you know, I had to do scheduling. I had to do traveling, academics, camps. Uh, it made me very, very well-rounded. And then, you know, a lot of people thought I was crazy. I left there and took a Division II job, but I wanted to be a head coach. I felt like Fairmont State had great potential. Um, they loved basketball. There was a tradition there that needed to be brought back, and it was a lot of fun. And then that's really, um, I would say Fairmont and Youngstown are very similar. You have a bunch of passionate people about sports. We have a ton of sports figures from the city of Youngstown. Um, our president has been tremendous. He meets with you know, all our recruits, he comes to all our games. Our athletic director played at Youngstown, uh, Ron Strollo. He's been there a long time. Uh, so there was a lot of really, really uh, things that stood out about YSU uh, that I wanted to be a part of that program. Yeah, you mentioned, uh, you obviously mentioned Fairmont State and the success that you had there. Um it, what, given that, that obviously being a, what kind of transit, how is the transition from, from division two to division one, how is, how is that worked out? How is that uh, kind of, what are the differences that you've kind of seen over the course of the last three years working as a division one coach, as opposed to when you were in division two at Fairmont state? Yeah, I think that's a very good question. I, I think the biggest difference, Bob, is scheduling um, at our level. You know, we, we have to be bought, you know, so we've got to play a couple games, two, three games every year that the money goes back to the athletic department. So scheduling can become very, very difficult um, at the, at the mid-major level. Um, that's been something that has been very, very challenging. Um, that's, that's a big difference. Um, I think playing some of the opponents you play um, in the, in the non-conference, you know, going to West Virginia, going to Indiana, going to Ohio state, going to Butler, going to Louisville, uh, going to Utah state, going to Pitt. Uh, we've pretty much played in every venue in the country, um, you know, out, outside of some of the blue bloods that we haven't played yet. So that, that's been a challenge. Um, you know, we're year round. Uh, I think division one, the difference between D one and D two, it's year round as far as, you know, the NCAA allows us to have access to our players in the summer. 
so we're able to work with them in the summer, which I think is great. Um, those would be the two biggest differences. I would say the, the year round in the summer and then also the scheduling. Can you talk uh, about what scheduling is like right now with the COVID situation? Because I'm sure it's throwing an extra wrench into everything that's already fairly difficult for you guys. Yeah, I think one of the things the, the Horizon League tried to do was really amp up uh, everybody's non-league schedule. Uh, so I got to give, you know, our commissioner, John LaCrone, um, their entire staff, a lot of credit. Um, you know, they put in some stipulations this year. They're kind of going to go out the door. But in the years to come, you're going to see the Horizon League host more home games. Um, at the end of the day, when you can get non-league opponents to come inside the Beagley Center, that's a good thing. Um, so, you know, what we've tried to do this year, we're going to host an MTE. Uh, we're going to have three teams come inside the Beagley Center for three days of basketball. Um, it hasn't been done in quite some time, so that's going to be really, really exciting. We've got a game at West Virginia. We've got a game at VCU. Uh, but I'd be lying to you if I didn't say it was very difficult. We have two games to finish. Uh, one of those games is a guarantee game, which is a money game. Um, and what a lot of the Power Fives are doing now, they're putting stipulations inside the contract that if we don't have fans, uh, would, they would only cover our cost. Uh, so we're working through some of that, Matt. Uh, Bob, to try to finalize this schedule, um, but it's it's been a major, major challenge. So, um, and by the way, that that actually answer, sort of answered because uh, uh, Kevin Pitleski, uh, Kevin Pitt actually asked that question about the uh, that MTE tournament, uh, that three person team tournament that you were talking about at Beagley. So, uh, kind of answered that question. So, there you go. Yeah, um, most of the teams, if you look at it, most of the teams in our league. Yeah. Um, have ho have hosted one in the last three or four years. So we wanted to make sure, yeah. you know, we were one of those schools as well, uh, bringing in, you know, the three games in three days to our place. Sure, sure. Um, you also mentioned, uh, you kind of mentioned VCU. Um, this That's going to be the first time you're playing, uh, you're playing VCU um, in the first time in, uh, in, in basketball in, you know, the history of the team. So, um what is it? What challenge? Now, obviously, they're they're an A10 school, long, pretty long history, starting with uh, you know, including a Final Four appearance with Shaka Smart. Uh, what? Uh, how is that? How? What? What approach are you going to be taking with that particular, specifically VCU? I know, obviously, you're going to have a a game plan against West Virginia, but with looking at VCU right now, how? What? Uh, what approach are you going to be taking with that game? Yeah, well, the reason we took the game, and, and if you look at most of the schools on the horizon, there are some that fly, but we want to get a guarantee game within five to six hours. So it cuts your cost down. You're not flying. You're not paying for airfare. You get more money uh, on the return of the game. Um, so that, that was a big factor. It's about five and a half, six-hour drive. It's going to be an electric atmosphere. They sell out every game. Uh, the fan base there is very, very passionate. Um, it's not a 20,000 seat arena. Um, I believe it's 10 to 12. So it's going to be an electric atmosphere. Um, as you said, very, very storied program. Uh, when we saw that they had the date, we had the date. A lot, a lot of this is, is the dates. Do your, does your date match up with them? Uh, can you get enough money that it makes sense to go play that game? And we just felt like if we could drive, um, we're, we're going to do the game. So we're, we're really excited about it. 
Uh, talking about your uh, incoming recruits, I know you, you signed a couple of them already. Um, actually, uh, Maddie Finn at Maddie Finn 21 had a question uh, specifically about one, uh, Alex Vargo. Um, he wanted to know if he's going to be an immediate part of the rotation. <laughs> well, you know what? Unfortunately, we're, we probably shouldn't say it's 100%, but we're not going to have access to any of our guys, it looks like right now uh, in the summer, you know, not only the new guys, but the, but the returning guys, I will just say in general, we're excited about all the guys that we signed. It's kind of a unique sure. class. We feel that they could, you know, uh, all of them do something a little bit different, but you know how it is. The adjustment from high school to college is very, very difficult. Um, it takes freshmen a little bit of time. Uh, sure. to, to understand the concepts, the scouting reports, how hard you have to go, the speed of the game, the strength of the players. Um, but we feel very, very strong about our class, uh, signed, you know, five high school kids. Uh, so we like the class with the returning guys. Uh, we feel like these guys are going to be really good for us. Sure. I'd be remiss if I didn't mention the other uh, spring signee, uh, Shamar Rathan Mays. You also signed him as well. <laughs> Be remiss yep. if I didn't yep. mention him as well. Um, yep. Yep. One of the other questions that I had was with regards to, um, well, not necessarily me, but um, one of the other questions was regards to kind of mid-major hoops in general. This is from uh, this is actually from Nick Venno at Sea Town Forever. Uh, what will mid-major hoops look like in five years? Kind of you an know, existential type a, of deal. Yeah, I think that's a very, very good question. Um, you know, it's definitely ever changing. Uh, the biggest change that we've seen right now is a lot of these programs and these conferences are going to 20 league games. So yeah. what happens is the guarantee games, the opportunity to go play an A-10 or go play a Big East, an SEC, a, a Big Ten, those numbers are really, really down now um, because of so many league games. Um, I like the Horizon League adding another team and now playing 20 league games. Uh, because scheduling can be a little difficult, um, and I think Fort Wayne made a ton of sense uh, with their with their history, their fan base, their passion for basketball. Uh, that certainly changed. I think the transfer, um, you know, the the number of transfers leaving mid major to go higher uh, has certainly changed the game. Um, but I think mid major hoops will always have a place in college basketball because of the NCAA tournament. It's really what makes the NCAA tournament. You see so many upsets every year. Um, you're seeing more and more players get drafted uh, for mid-major basketball. So uh, I don't think we're going anywhere uh, anytime soon. There's a lot of chatter about, you know, that will the Power Five ever break off um, and have their own and then now mid-major. You know, none of us can predict the future, uh, but I think mid-major hoops is in a really good place right now. You uh, made me think of two different questions, Coach. They're very unrelated. Uh, the first one is, do you think um, in the near future that the Horizon will add a 12th team to get that back to an even number? Um, I'll, I'll let you answer that one first and ask my other question. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 would, I would think so. Um, but, you know, part of the, the coaches going on calls each week uh, is to figure out the bracket, uh, what the tournament bracket's going to look like. Um, you can certainly do a bracket with 11 teams. Um, so I think eventually we'll get there, uh, which team that is, what makes the most sense. Um, you know, that's probably out of my pay grade. Um, but yeah, I would like to see another team added. 
And then my other question, completely switching topics. Um, you mentioned the transfer portal. We talked about it a little bit before. Has the transfer portal changed how you recruit as a coach and how you send your staff out? Not really. Um, you know, I think it has for a lot of coaches, but we like to take high school players. Um, you know, first and foremost, we want to we want to go five, six, seven hour radius, and we want to try to get the best players we can from our area. Um, that's always been my philosophy. But I also think now with the transfers, there's a lot of good transfers that you can get that can come in and have a really big impact. They're a little bit older. Uh, they've got a little more experience. Um, so there's a lot of different levels to the recruitment. You can take junior college guys. Those guys would be considered transfers. You can take a Division One transfer, Division Two transfer. You can take international kids. Uh, we've tried to do it each year predominantly with high school guys. Now, we do, we've had a lot of success with transfers, but I would say the foundation, our blueprint has been high school players come in with a little chip on their shoulder, a uh, little bit under-recruited, um, and really, really want to make Youngstown their home the next four or five years. I want to actually, re I want to rewind a little bit back to your, uh, to your college days, uh, specifically in Cleveland State. Um, I know that... Um, when you started at Cleveland State, you start you actually started as a manager first, and then ended up in the uh, end, uh, and then yeah. worked your way to onto the roster. Um, what was that process like? I I always wanted to know because I've you know I kind of known your story for many many years, and that that one has always kind of intrigued me. Yeah, you know, Bob. The 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 true story was um, I didn't have a test score out of high school. Uh, mm -hmm. so I had the grades. I didn't have a test score. So, uh, was not a very good test taker, uh, still not a very good test taker. So I decided to go to, to Cleveland state. I wanted to stay close to home, but really I wanted to get into coaching and I felt like there was no better guy to learn from than Raleigh Massimino 15 minutes from where I grew up. Um, you know, it was an easy, easy decision. So I walked on, um, you know, really became the manager. Then the next year I was a walk-on. Then the following year I earned a scholarship. Yes. And then unfortunately after that, coach got, got let go. Um, but then I was able to transition that to going to University of Cincinnati as a student assistant. So I've been, I always tell recruits, I've been at every level. I've been a manager. I've been a walk-on. I've been a scholarship guy. I've coached high major, mid-major, D2, um, you name it. I've seen all levels of basketball. Um, and the thing that you realize, there's great players, great coaches uh, at all these different levels. Um, there are some outstanding, outstanding Division II coaches and programs uh, that we've come, you know, we've played along the way. So I feel very fortunate to be well-rounded in that regard. And, you know, don't regret any of the stops. Uh, learned so much at every single one of them. Sure, sure. Um I hate to belabor the Lorraine point, but gotta ask this again, because um, at Fairmont, at Fairmont State, uh, you had a, you have a, at Fairmont State, you also had a player, uh, Thomas Wimbush, also from Lorraine, who has actually done very well in the G League in the last couple of years. Um, I guess I should ask, what's the basis of the appeal of uh, of Lorraine? I I ask as a former resident, and the fact my yeah, parents yeah, well, Bob, <laughs> as, you, as you know, Lorraine is a very very tight knit community. Uh, yeah. sports are very, very important to the community. Those kids are very, very tough. Thomas and, and Nas are very similar in regard. They're very, very tough, gritty, um, hard playing, good teammates, high character guys. Those are the type of guys you want 
in your program year in and year out. And Thomas, uh, his story was incredible, Bob. He had no offers. We were the first school to ever offer him a scholarship. We watched him for 10 minutes and said, okay, we want you. Uh, he was a, he was a partial qualifier. So he had the grades. He did not have a test score. We redshirted him. And then five years later, uh, he's helping us, uh, compete for a national championship. Uh, and his development has just been spectacular. As you said, he's done an unbelievable job in the G League. Um, but those are the type of players in the, the areas, the communities, the programs yeah. uh, that you want to try to develop the relationships with. So it really helped us on the second time through to say, hey, Nas, look at the success that Thomas has had. And that's how you start to develop your recruiting ties. Sure, sure. And also, obviously, kind of falls within the, you know, you, you mentioned the kind of the targets, uh, that recruiting target with it, you know, within, you know, about five, uh, five or that five or six hour radius of, of Youngstown. And obviously that that's definitely one that kind of pinpoints. And um, to me, it actually seems like it, you know, specifically with the Nosmo Hannon signing kind of laid the foundation for, um, you know, getting some roots within within Northeast Ohio, obviously a big a big recruiting base that you have to compete with the Cleveland state, the Mac schools and all that. Um, so obviously that's a, so, so that's not, that's always a good point, a good, good starting spot to have that. Yeah. And it certainly helped with Thomas, but you know what we wanted to, to really get Nas, uh, our message to him was, Hey, we, we don't have the great tradition uh, in the horizon. Like come build tradition, come make tradition be the tradition, you know, set the standard. Um, and, and that can be a difficult process of trying to build a program. Uh, but it's been, it's been fun. It's been rewarding. Uh, sometimes you learn a lot, uh, you know, a lot more when you're losing. Uh, sure. We felt like year two, you know, Nas was out three games. Garrett Covington was out a few games. We felt like in year two, you know, we won, we went from eight to 12 to 18. We felt like year two, we probably should have had about 16 uh, probably should have played in postseason, but we had some injuries. We had a really bad health scare with Nas. He sat a few games, and that kind of kind of hurt us. But I think it also uh, our kids didn't sit around and and, and pout and okay. make excuses. They just kept working, and now sure. you're see- seeing that in year three, and then hopefully uh, you're seeing a better year four. Yeah. Now you mentioned obviously you've mentioned the uh, kind of the the progression. Uh, of of Youngstown State over the last three years, which has, as I'm sure you could appreciate, obviously uh, over the course of their entire career, uh, their entire tenure in Division One has not had a lot of success. But here you are with 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 the 18 wins, which is again the fourth most in division the entire Division One history of uh, of of the program. Um, how difficult has was it to to kind of how how much work have you had to put in to you know really um, kind of really change the culture from one that you know has historically not had a lot of success to one that is kind of on the verge of, of you know competing with the upper echelons of the conference. Yeah, it's it's been uh, it's been a lot of work, um, you know. But it's not just one guy. I think sometimes in college basketball, the coach gets too much credit. Um, and, and I don't know why that is, but it's been, it's been managers, it's been 
staff members, it's been administration, it's been our supporters, but more importantly, it's been the players that have put in the work. Um, and I think when you start to have a little success, you know, there, there's increments, right? Each year you got to try to get a little better. Your crowd's got to get better. Your, your class uh, GPA, your team GPA's got to get better. Your fundraising's got to get better. Your recruiting's got to get better. Um, you know, you just gotta, you gotta try to try to get better in areas, uh, each and every year. You know, one of the things we tried to, to get better at, and we're still not there yet is our defense. You know, we feel like in year four, if we can continue to get our defense better, um, and stop people, um, we'll have a shot because if you study Wright state, Northern Kentucky, they've been the best two teams because they're the best on both sides of the ball. You know, they're very good offensively, but they're very good defensively. So, um, you know, just trying to trying to build it each year. And um, like I said, you know, this year when you when you finally you, you saw those crowds and you saw the excitement on your players face and more importantly, you saw the belief. Uh, now, now we just got to continue uh, to keep grinding, keep getting better, uh, keep believing. You know, it's a big word we use a lot in our program. You got to believe before you can accomplish anything you got to believe in it and i think we got a lot of guys that are believing right now all right great uh bat did you have anything else i think i got everything no coach we really appreciate your candor and just uh, your ability to answer a lot of questions for us i mean i genuinely don't have anything i had the, the two main questions and we knocked those out early so i'm, well, I'm good i, I want to personally yeah i want to personally thank both you guys because you know, you guys are, I think, the only ones uh, out there that, that cover the Horizon League pretty much 365 days out of the year. Uh, and I know <laughs> it means like a it. lot to the coaches, but more importantly, it means a lot to the players that are in this league. Because as you guys know, uh, the next couple of years are going to be really fun to be a part of. Yeah. So th- thanks for having me. And uh, anytime sure. you want me on, I'd certainly come back. Yeah. See, this is why everybody needs to start writing for HorizonLeague.com. Uh, Horizon, HorizonRoundtable.com, HorizonLeague.com. Jeez, Louise. Um, <laughs> bad plug, Bob. Bad plug. Bad, wrong plug. Well, yeah, I mean, you should go to the you should go to the conference site too, but definitely come to ours as well. But yes, thank you, thank you very much, Coach. I re- really appreciate you having this on. Appreciate the kind words and. Um, it's funny because because we've mentioned this in, in episodes past that we were actually busier now than we were you know at this point in time last year obviously and that was with all that crazy stuff at Cleveland State happening and you know, IUPUI so that was so and we got yeah. even more stuff so it's it's insane that you know in spite of the fact that pretty much everything is shut down you know. We're keeping everybody. Everybody in our end is keeping busy. I I, I can't explain it, but yeah. But thank you well, very that, much. That we really appreciate. Awesome it. guys. Stay stay safe and go Gwens. All right, and that's gonna do it for us uh, on this episode. Um, as always, again, um, be sure to have. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. Horizonroundtable.com. That's where all our episodes are. You can where also find us. <laughs> Where are we again? Yes, where are we again? Um, HorizonRoundtable.com. You can also find us uh, wherever you find podcasts. You can also listen to us uh, on your Amazon and Google devices. Um, And that's going to do it. And thank you all for listening.